Reconciled 521-FBC podcast Facebook platform. We are doing this uh, uh, a special episode to uh, dedicated to our women as this is the Women's Month here in South Africa and we regard this such a blessing but also a joy but I, at the same time a privilege that we can look at this pertinent topic as we consider as to what the Bible speaks about women. It is in this time that we need also to be aware of this one truth. The world is preaching a message out there to, to women and that message is perceived as appealing and ideal. And that, 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 that's, that's just the reality that a lot of women, even some of you are listening, you might be Christians, but there's a message that the world is preaching. There's a message that the world is bringing forth and it's, it's appealing at times. She is taught to chase after this message. She is taught to, uh, to chase this worldview that is, 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 it seems appealing at times. Uh, she, she, she's taught to chase after beauty. She's taught to chase after everything else other than God. And we've even come to a place when we regard women in some aspect or some class uh, that we call women. And I've entitled this series that you've seen, maybe, uh, Are You a Diva or You Are a Daughter of the Most High God? And I really would want us just to dig deeper into what it means and what do we mean when we say diva? Who is a diva? Because in the current affairs, in the word, the word diva, as we see it, it's, it's a word that is celebrated by women. It's a word that is actually, a lot of women are chasing after that title. But if you would search that word, if you check in your dictionary, just check uh, this word as to what it means. It actually comes from, lat from the Latin word dos, which actually means devil. Yeah, that's what it means. It means devil. Satan, the devil himself, the, the, the Italian word diva means goddess, that's what it means. And the prefix diva is short form for the word divination, that's, that's what uh, you, you, you are going to find when you look at this word diva. So a diva is basically a female goddess or a woman that is worshipped. So what do you see around us? The world is trying to, um, to bring this teaching to the women to say that they need to assume this position and this status where they will be worshipped. In other words, they will be the goddesses of our age, of their day and our age. But that is contrary to what you see in the Bible. 
there is only one God and there is only one mediator between God and man and that man is Jesus. Every time that you and I would try to take that place which only God is worthy of, then we are actually committing cosmic treason. But then that's what we sing around us. We sing women who are fighting for status in our community, women who uh, even uh, some, and sadly, and we have reacted so badly that you are seeing even some in our corners who have um, treated women with in an unworthy manner, who have treated women to be uh, incapable of influence. But as you come to the book of Titus, which we be, we've been examining, you'll see actually that Paul encourages older women, but also we are going to move to younger women, where Paul encourages them. But these virtues that Paul admonishes and encourages these women are virtues that are pertinent and they are virtues that are applicable to any woman regardless of your age. But let me also say this. These are virtues also pertinent to Christians. In order for them to, to, to have these virtues, to emulate these virtues so that their opponents will be put to shame. Look at what Paul says in chapter 2 of Titus. He says in verse, in verse, in verse 8, he says, you, you, you must, your message is to be sound beyond reproach so that the opponent will be ashamed. Having nothing bad to say about us. And this is the goal of this admonishment. This is the goal of this encouragement. This is the goal of this exhortation. How should we then have women who are working as daughters of the Most High God and not divas? These are women who are first pious in their behavior. That's one. You see it there in verse number two of in verse number three of Titus. Older women, they are to be reverent in behavior. So they are to be pious in their behavior too. They are not to be poisonous gossips, not malicious gossips. In other words, they, they, they are to avoid gossips. They are to avoid slander. That's what that word means. Nor are they to be prisoners enslaved to much wine. And they are to be principled, teaching what is good. So let's uncover those two, 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 two virtues. They are to be pious, they are to be, they, they are what they ought to be and what they ought not to be. First and foremost, they ought to be pious in their behavior. Older women, likewise, Paul says. So just as Paul has given encouragement and he's given advice to older men, he moves them to older women. And this is so significant because as Paul is coming to this, I want you to see here that this is what these women are expected to be this is who they are because they are sons they are daughters i'm sorry they are daughters of the most high god and what you see is most frequently women are regarded as second class citizens that's a sad reality that in the world that we are living in and this is significant because if Paul is coming to older women and he's speaking to them, Paul is actually coming and, and Paul's approach is like that one of Jesus Christ. In, in Jesus' days when Jesus Christ stepped on the scene, his approach to women was actually revolutionary. Jesus Christ did not treat women as second class citizens. And I'm going to come to this because this is a controversial topic. Jesus, the second Adam, or the perfect man, views and values women contrary to the sons of Adam. 
For Christ, women have an intrinsic value equal to that of men. Because Jesus Christ would say, At the beginning, God made male and female. He created them. In Matthew 19 verse 4, when it comes to our the way that God has created us, when it comes to our dignity, I need to, to qualify this. We are made in the image, in the likeness of God. We are equal when it comes to our dignity. And I'm going to come to that. Women were created in the image of God just like men were created in the image of God. Like men, they have self-awareness. Like men, they have personal freedom. Like men, they have a measure of self-determination because they are human beings. Like men, they have personal responsibility for their action. And as such then, how we need to understand this is this. Dear Carson who say this. The foundation stone of Jesus' attitude toward women has his vision of them as persons to whom and for whom he had come. Dear Carson would again, he would say this, Jesus did not perceive women primarily in terms of their sex, age, or even marital status. He seems to have considered them in terms of their relation or the lack thereof to God. And that is a view which we are going to hold on to. So when we come to our dignity, when it comes to the women's dignity before the Lord Jesus Christ, he regards them to be as of equal value in the eyes of God, just as men are. As such, then Paul is so, uh, his, his view as well is, is the same. Paul is not undermining women in any way. And I want to make that clear. Women, you are made with equal dignity, with equal value as men who are made by God. And I know it's a controversial topic, so I would want just to make sure that we make sure that all the smoke is out of the house. So I want you to see three ways in which Jesus Christ demonstrates his regard for women. Firstly, let's look at the first thing. Jesus will regularly address women directly while in public. That's the first thing I want you to see. Because this was unusual for, for a man to do. In John chapter 4 verse 27, what, what do you find? You find Jesus Christ. What does Jesus Christ do? He comes and he's speaking to, to the Samaritan woman. Verse 27 is very clear. The woman was very shocked. The disciples of Jesus Christ, because they went into the city of Samaria, they went to buy food. As they were coming back, what do they find? They find the rabbi, Jesus Christ, speaking with a Samaritan woman on the well of Sychar. John 4, verse 7 to 26 tells us that. What else do we see? John chapter 8, he spoke freely to the woman taken in adultery. What else do we see? In the book of Luke, Jesus spoke publicly with the widow of nine. And here is Jesus Christ. And I want you to see, he's addressing women directly while he's in public. And what else do you see in Luke chapter 11? If you turn to Luke 11, verse 27 to 30, 28, what do you see? There was a woman who screamed from the crowd. A woman in the crowd who raised her voice, who said, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast at which you nursed. But what does Jesus Christ say? Blessed rather are those who hear the words of God and keep So Jesus Christ, what do we see in the Bible, in the New Testament? You see that Jesus addressed a woman bent over for 18 years again. We see that in Luke chapter 13 verse 12. That is in public forum. A group of women en route to the cross. 
they are coming and they are speaking to Jesus. As a rabbi, Jesus speaks to them. That was unlike the cultural norms of the day. Why is Jesus Christ speaking to these women? Listen to this statement made by dear Carson. Jesus Christ will speak to these women. He did not perceive them primarily in terms of their sex, in terms of their age, in terms of their marital status. He seemed to have considered them in terms of their relationship to God or a lack thereof. That's how he speaks to them because he understands that they too have a need for the grace of God. So he speaks and he addresses them in that way in public. Secondly, Jesus regards for the full intrinsic value of women is seen in how he spoke to the women that he addressed. How does he speak to them? In three ways. He spoke in a thoughtful, in a caring manner. He said, daughter to the breeding woman. He called the daughter, he called the woman, the lady with who had a bent, a bent heart. She, what did he call her? Daughter of Abraham, a lady with that bent back. Just as he did the same with Zacchaeus in the book of, in the book of Luke. And brothers and sisters, I want you to know this, that Jesus Christ did not gloss over sin in the lives of the women he met. He held women personally responsible for their own sin. That's what Jesus Christ did. He was not trying to, uh, to, 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 to just smooth talk them. He, he was not trying to uh, speak against them. He did not try to speak over them. No, he spoke with them in a way that he understood that they too were in need of the grace of God. As seen in his dealing with the woman on the well in chapter 4 of the book of John. He speaks with this woman because he knows that this woman is a sinner and he calls this woman, the man whom you have is not your husband. You are obsessed to find satisfaction in men and in sex. He will speak to her in that manner. You have your worship priorities corrupted and twisted. That's why Jesus Christ will tell this woman and he will call her to say, I am the living waters. I am the Messiah. And the woman who is, who is caught in adultery, what does he tell her? Go and sin no more. And the sinful woman that Jesus Christ would have her anoint her, anoint him. He would also speak to her that your many sins have been forgiven. Now the question is, what do you see in all this, in all these verses? What do you see? There's one, one reality that is coming out in all these accounts as you see them in the Bible. When Jesus Christ comes and he speaks to these women, their sin was not condoned, but it was confronted. That's what you see. And I really would want us to have that in mind because even as we are going to be addressing these issues that are found in the book of Titus, in no way, shape or form is it to undermine women. In no way, shape or form is it to come and to speak against women, but rather we need to value women. But the value that we show and the value that we need to demonstrate is a value that we need to show that we have been made in the image of God, but yet Although we were made in the image of God, we are in this misery of sin and the world around us is corrupt and the views and the teachings that the world is bringing to us are views that are counter-biblical and counter-Christ. Counter they, they, they are not teachings that are in sync with the word of God. 
There is a misery of sin, the sin that has affected us, the sin that has affected every woman. Every sin hates us and we hate every sin. So, so much so that then we need to appoint all those evils. Because there is no beauty in sin. There is no comfort in sin. There is no strength in sin. There is, no, no, there is nothing whatever good in sin. From the crown of its head to the soles of its feet, sins, sin is all bruises and petrifying souls. Sin is evil, only evil, and that it is continually. So as such then, we need to understand it. As women what Paul is calling for women here to to do that these women would come and they will live their lives that they will be reverent in behavior that these women will be pious in their behavior this is a noble calling in other words they these women ought to live counter-cultural these are women who have been captured by the grace of God these are women who have understood that sin is evil. These are women that what sin would do, it would do to all of us just to hurt us. It will never be satisfied with the mischief that it, it has worked in you. It will never try to lead you further and further into, into anything good, but it will lead you further and further into danger. That's what sin would do. And at the end of the day, sin will destroy us. But what do we find? Paul is asking these women to be pious in their behavior. They are to be reverent. They are to be dignified in their behavior. This is, uh, this, this, this is what Paul is asking for when he say, I want these women to be, to be reverent in their behavior. In this passage, this is a compound word that combines the idea of being sacred, holy, or consecrated to God with that of behaving in ways that are fitting, ways that are right, ways that are appropriate to the Lord. And what Paul is saying is, older women, they have to be reverent in their behavior. In other words, in their demeanor, in their inner character. They have to be reverent. In other words, they have to, to have this essence within them that they are walking as those who have been redeemed, bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. In other words, these women, they are not obsessed with the, the worldly definition of who a woman is. These are not women who are taken by the, dis the description like a sex a woman. No, we, we, we don't need sex a women. We need godly women. That's what the Bible is calling for. The Bible and the culture are also at odds regarding modesty. And this is what Paul is, is pointing to here. They are to be reverent or they ought to behave with a reverent propriety. It refers to the character that evokes special respect. What Paul is asking for here, as the culture says that women should or they are entitled to dress seductively. No, what Paul is saying here, dressing to attract attention to their sexuality is not what is expected of women. Women ought to be sacred women, not just sexy. The Bible tells us, likewise also, that women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel, with modesty and self-control, not with braided hair and gold and pearls of costly attire. You find that in 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 9. 
You see, sisters and, 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 and my dear brothers there, even as some of you are listening, and to those of you who, 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 have, who are grown-ups, and those of you who have grandchildren, granddaughters, aunts, those of you who are taking different roles as women, what it is expected, what the Bible is expecting of the godly women, of the daughters of the Most High God. When the culture says that women physical appearance and sexual attractiveness is what makes them beautiful the bible says that it is what is on the inside that makes a woman beautiful you see in first peter chapter 3 verse 3 and 4 peter will say do not let your adornment be external the braiding of the hair and the putting on of god jewelries or the clothing that you wear but let your adorn adorning be the, the, the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and a quiet spirit which in God's sight is very precious. Likewise, Paul has already said this. So these are the ladies who dedicate themselves to God and they stand ready dressed for His service. So these older women these are women who are to glorify God, who are devoted to His service. These are women who, 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 have, who have their heads up, that they have immersed themselves in the Word of God, and they are full of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, your impact for God and the help, helpfulness to others depends on the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. This disposition is proceeding from within you because of, of your pious, reverent, and dignified behavior. Your husband and your children respect you greatly. They rise up in public and they praise you as you say in Proverbs 31. She is recognized. She is respected. She is appreciated in all her surroundings. How about those who are unmarried? Same thing. Your value, you are a woman of dignity, you are a noble woman because your, your Lord and your Master Jesus purchased with His own blood. That's how He values you. You are not that cheap. You were bought with a price. So what is expected of you? Be pious in your behavior. And that is what we are going to look at today. Let's 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 meet again tomorrow as we are going to look at the the, the 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 other mark as to what is it that the Bible expects of the daughters of the Most High God. The daughters of the Most High God. Let me just sum up. The daughters of the Most High God. What do we see? They are expected to have a reverent behavior. The word reverent here comes also to be translated as the word that is respectable. A, a holy woman. A radical older woman who is pursuing holiness in the way that she treats others. In the way that she dresses. In the way that she loves her family. In the way that she serves in her church and in her community. And that is what is expected of the daughters of the Most High God who are older. May the Lord God bless you. We rejoice in you. Do not try the world to, to undermine you. Do not try the world to devalue you. You are of a greater price. You are not a diva. You are a daughter of the Most High God. So live as such. You are not a goddess. You are the daughter of the Most High God. You are not a goddess. You cannot replace your God and you yourself be God. Then if the Lord will not build the house, they labor in vain those who build it. If you want to build your own life, if you want to chase after the worldly dream, then that is only futile. 
but come to him. You may be wondering, how can I pursue and how can I achieve this? Then let me repeat as we look again in verse 11. For the grace of God has appeared with salvation for all people, instructing us to deny godlessness and worldly lust, to live in a sensible, righteous, and godly way in this present world. As we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. The grace of God has appeared. Who is this Jesus? He is the one who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to cleanse a people for himself, a people for his own possession, who are eager to do every good works, even the women. So we say, Happy Women's Month. And may the daughters of the Most High God rise up in this hour and live their lives to the glory of their, of their Father. May the daughters of God rise up in this hour and live their lives as they are being led by the Holy Spirit of God. May the daughters of the Most High God not be captured, be taken up by the worldly philosophies of feminism and any other philosophy that is being promoted out there trying to sell to us an idea that is fallen from the scriptures. May the godly women rise up in this hour and take their proper place, raise godly families, love their husbands in this hour, that they too would honor God. May those godly daughters of the Most High God stand in their workplaces wheresoever the Lord has placed them, that they will stand and honor him as God. May the Lord God bless you richly. Until next time, you are with me, your brother in Christ, Gideon and Benny. But let's pray this evening, even as you are about to go. Father, we thank you. We honor you for your mercy, for your grace. I thank you for this, my sister. I thank you for your mercy, for your grace upon her life. I pray, God Almighty, that you would watch over us this evening. For you are the one who never sleeps. You are the one who never slumbers. If there is a sister out there who does not know you, I ask that you capture her heart, that you will, Lord God, renew her mind, that you find her worth in you. Jesus, we love you for your first love us. It is in your great name we ask. And may God's people say amen. Thank you very much. It's been a blessing to share with you. Happy Women's Month. See you again, God willing, tomorrow. Thank you very much.